Today, the podcast that normally examines every Ramon song alphabetically from 53rd to the 1-0. I am Philip, and today we are actually not discussing a specific song exactly, uh, but we are giving, let's say, tangential news. Um, I am joined uh, by two guests, uh, Matthew Alvin Brown and Denny Mask, uh, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they are in the production of Four Chords and a Gun that will be running in Tulsa February 16th through 25th of 2018. You Matthew, got it. Yes. Matthew, Denny, hello. Hey, Philip. Greetings. Hi. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for being on this. <laughs> um, so I believe, Matthew, you are playing Joey Ramone. No, I'm actually the director of the play this time I around. I suck. No, you don't. It's oh. fine. We didn't I talk about giving, that. We didn't talk about that. Yourself. I'm editing that crap out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so wait, give me some roles here. Okay, so I, I am the director of the play. I'm also the artistic director of Tulsa Project Theater. Okay. And then, Denny, take it away. Denny is the executive director, and I am playing uh, Joey Ramone. <laughs> I just realized I switched from third person to first person there, and I could very well could have confused myself and any audience member. Sure. Sure. Uh, so you guys are both very involved in this theater. I was going to ask. I've never been to Tulsa. I've I, I lived in Chicago it. for a number of years, and I've lived in L.A., um, what's the Tulsa theater scene like? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's uh, there are a few theaters around Tulsa, um, and uh, it's 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 a it's a great scene. I mean, Oklahoma has a lot of really great theater. Okay. Um, oddly enough, it it, it truly does. Um, uh, and in Tulsa, at Tulsa Project Theater, we've sort of tried to take a a kind of a, a niche. Um, sort of doing the more um, kind of punk rock kind of shows is, is okay. sort of what we're focusing on. So there's uh, there's not really a theater like that in Tulsa. And um, Tulsa Project Theater has been around for seven years. And Denny and I just kind of took over the last uh, year or two and uh, kind of trying to steer it into this this direction where we do more of the, you know, I hate the word edgy, uh, <laughs> so I don't want to say it. But well... I guess what you might be saying is that you're not necessarily going to do Death of a Salesman. Correct. You're you're doing these <laughs> relatively new plays. Or the or rock the Who's Tommy. I mean, that's kind of right up our alley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to do Will Rogers Follies or, or Death of a Salesman. I don't know. We might do Death that's of a Salesman sometime. Sometime. We're saying, we're saying We're saying you won't. And I just feel like sooner or later it's just going to sink in and be like, you know what? <laughs> Show that guy. We're well, opening the, the season with probably it. Probably a safe bet. <laughs> I think we can reconceptualize Death of a Salesman, sure. uh, you know, to take place at like CBGBs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all like a like a. Oh, am I trying to think? It's like a package deal, or like yeah, you sell the CBGB line where you <laughs> you have this, which directly ties, and then you yeah, you yeah. work other things in there. Yeah, the tie-ins. Edward Iggy Albee and. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, thanks. So how did you come to find this play? Uh, a friend of mine who is uh, an executive director at another theater in Oklahoma um, got an email from Brian Nitzkin, uh, who you had mentioned uh, yes. briefly as producer. Um, and his theater is is 
decidedly not on the more rock and roll side of the street, but they they do really good work and they do they they do a lot of newer plays and and things like that. But they're 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 skewed toward a, a, an older audience. And um, his response was, you know, like city rep is never going to do a play about the Ramones, but I know some dudes that would. <laughs> and um, and so he put us in touch with uh, with Mr. Nitzkin and uh, and. Yeah, and it was a. Uh, he sent us the play. We read it uh, quickly, and then the ball was rolling. And um, within a week, we were we were setting this thing up to go. Wow! Yeah, great. it was really cool. It like it kind of just fell in our lap, and it's something that we really, uh, really needed. I mean, because hmm. uh, it, the new shift in in the theater itself, the Tulsa Project Theater brand, um, this was like a. A real blessing, Philip. A real blessing nice. to us. Fits nicely mm. in Tulsa too, because Tulsa has a good rock scene. There are okay. tons of there are tons of good rock venues, and even specifically uh, punk venues. For sure. Okay. There's a punk festival that runs in Tulsa. I think it's in the midsummer. I want to say early July at the Vanguard. Okay. Um, yeah, I was. I like I said, I've never been to Tulsa, but I wondered about how that would fit in if it was going to be the you know the, the sore thumb sticking out or if you it sounds like you have you're leaning into the niche so you're finding the other uh relatives of that niche for sure for sure yeah. and it's a it's a remarkably cosmopolitan place huh. so um lots of lots of great art actually happening cool. around town are you both from around the area or are you just Transplants. I was uh, I was born and raised in Oklahoma City and have lived uh, have lived in New York and in Los Angeles. But I uh, I came back actually to start a rock band uh, okay. about fifteen years ago. And uh, and I'm Denny, Denny, your turn. I grew up in <laughs> Tulsa. Yes, yes, sir. Okay. How well? I'll, I'll back up. This is I was preparing for this interview. I was thinking about when I saw the play out here. And so first I had to catch myself from basically spoiling the play for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Because I thought I was like, I'm going to ask him about, no, I no. won't. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, but I remember seeing the show and they sort of had a, an idea of they weren't going to do impressions of the band per se. I didn't, I didn't know if you guys had to, followed that same thing or was there a bible that came with the play it was like this is what you do and this is what you don't do oh uh, no 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 there, there was no bible that came with the play i just think that 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 there's a bible an unspoken bible with ramones fans that you <laughs> you really you really gotta you really gotta get it right but i did tell the cast pretty early on and and i kind of keep reminding them that we we aren't doing impressions you know i mean it's not like you know the rich little show or anything like that. <laughs> so um, I think it's more important to capture the the essence and the spirit. And and of course, Bowie's play does kind of take some dramatic license with right. with the characters themselves. So um, I think it's more important for you know the essence and the tone uh, mm -hmm. and and the spirit to be there. But that that said, um, they really. They really sound like these cats for sure. Really? I mean, yeah, it's it was it was really neat. The first the first table read that we had, 
I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I don't have to worry too much about, you know, all right, guys, you need to really, really get it together because they all came prepared and, and there's enough of the actor in it um, and it's not, you know, it's not just a, a caricature for sure. Sure. And that's what people, I think, respond to more because if you... I, I keep thinking of I, Tanya. Have you guys seen I, Tanya this year? Man, I haven't seen that yet. I have. It's it's good, right? I I, I enjoyed it. Although I'm I did see it. Spot. <laughs> no, I no, I did enjoy it. But... Sounds like you didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> well, well, what happened was, I guess I'm sitting next to my mom, and sh- and I'm like, damn near having a breakdown because Tanya's li- Tanya Harding's life is so fucking hard, hmm. and uh, she's crying in the end. The scene with uh, Margot Robbie crying in the mirror, yeah. and my mom's like, she was a bitch. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is making her out to be way more sympathetic than she was. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to keep talking about that. It's our show and our conversation, so we can talk about whatever we want. Um, I really enjoyed it. And <laughs> I did think that it painted her, Tanya Harding, in a very flattering light. <laughs> but I think the movie also gave enough evidence that this is an untrustworthy narrator. Yeah. You know, it's clearly biased. And. That even relates to Margot Robbie playing Tanya Harding. And some people online or critics have talked about how, like, you know, she doesn't look like Tanya Harding. And that's true, but I feel like she went for more the spirit of it or the authenticity in the moment that will just make a good movie. Yeah, right. And and I imagine that sort of... I'm saying you guys are the Margot Robbies. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. I know a compliment when I hear one. I just she was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask ask Denny if he liked Itania again. Do oh, you like her, Itania, Denny? I can't even begin. Her mom was incredible. The big chunky counter terrorist guy, good. Sebastian Stan, good. Loved it. Um, well, great. Wow. Now we've got that on the record. Thank God. Those were my big questions. What did you think of Itania? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> let it be known. <laughs> actually, I wanted to keep talking about casting um, because, Denny, you and I have never met. No, but sir. But I would imagine that you are ta- very tall. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I don't know if I'd say very tall. I'm probably like six, two and a half, six, three. Okay, then that leads me to my sub question because I feel like people and yourselves absolutely in putting on this show – there's so much, you know, you, you don't want to do impressions. You don't have to get lookalikes, but you got to have like a tall, skinny guy. Yeah. And I wondered if you also cast the rest of the Ramones down, sort of like a <laughs> Lord of the Rings Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah man, totally. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like the rest of the Ramones are some pretty short cats for sure. Um, Denny is a... Uh, you can't see Denny. You, as you said, you've, you've never met him, but... I think I saw a poster, though. For the for the show, okay, he, he looked good. He hides his muscles well. I mean, this guy spends a lot of time in the gym, and I don't. <laughs> I, and so, you know, I'm a little bit. <laughs> but um, no, he's he's definitely uh, the tallest guy in the show, and um, and yeah, it, it just kind of it, actually the truth is we, we just sort of lucked out that the the rest of the guys that were right for the roles just happened to be you know nice. not incredibly tall so um, and yeah I'll wear some insoles to get up to six five sure yeah. yeah that's theater of course absolutely what do you want it's probably 
not your hair and yeah, and not your mental problems. It's, it's acting. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't know. We have all of our own cross to bear. Minus not Joey level OCD though. <laughs> so, uh, on that, how much did you guys know about the Ramones ahead of time? How much have you learned since going through this? And how much do you want to unlearn? Sure. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I will admit, I will admit that I, I mean, I was, I've been a lover of music forever. And, and like I said, I've, I've played in bands for quite a while. Um, and I always had a respect for the Ramones, um, but I would, I wouldn't say that I owned uh, like a lot of their albums, like mm -hmm. probably not more than two or three in my big old collection. Um, but I, you know, I knew all the, I knew all the songs. I knew enough about the Ramones to, you know, school people who I saw sure. at the mall or something wearing a Ramones shirt and go, you, you're not allowed to wear that, you know, like <laughs> that old, that old trope, that yeah. old chestnut. Um, but that said, you know, because it just wasn't necessarily my style of of music. I was more into like glam and glitter rock and and a little bit of the psychedelic stuff. But that said, um, as soon as we you know started talking about the show, I uh, I went ahead and I went ahead and took a deep dive into the Ramones, and uh, mm -hmm. I call myself a. A pretty big Ramones fan, actually. I'm not, again not. You caught up. I, I I tried to. I tried to catch up. I would and venture a guess, and this is speaking as someone who has spent way too much time in the last couple of years going over every single song. <laughs> <laughs> but sort of like the play, there's I think an inherent interestingness to these people, these human beings are four interesting humans. Yeah. And one time, I can't remember what we were talking about, but Molly, my co-host, mentioned how, like, you could be really interested in this one, follow everything about them, and then when you get tired of him, there's three others. <laughs> and you just turn and you deal with their problems. For sure. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I mean, just because they're, they're four very distinct individuals. Yeah. Um, and they are really a, a terrific example of just like a band, you know, that band <laughs> dynamic, all the good, all the bad, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, and that's what I, that's what I found so wonderful about, about digging into the Ramones is, you know, Johnny's a Republican, like yeah. what? Like hard uh, Republican. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. like, and I don't, you know, I know. I, I, I'm. I don't want. I will, I'm glad that he's maybe not around to so that we would hear all the things that he would have to say about what's going on right now. Yeah. Because I would like to like him still. It's. Eh. He's an interesting. <laughs> yes. I know exactly what you mean, and that we've we've had conversations about that too. About like, would he be still be a Republican like rah rah guy? And I'm afraid of the answer because I want. I don't know, <laughs> my own version of him changing his ways somehow. Sure. Like, he hangs out with Eddie Vedder enough that he, like, he turns him. Right. <laughs> like, that's what's something that Eddie Vedder could do for the world would be to, <laughs> to turn Johnny to the right side. I think that's Has he not done enough yet? <laughs> no, he hasn't done enough. Tried fighting Ticketmaster. That didn't go anywhere. No, no. You said a thing about how 
much they were a band. And I feel like that is one of the things that's forefront in the play is this idea of these people kind of relying on each other, despite some of them, most of them not being able to stand each other. Right. But for some reason or compulsion staying together. Well, you know, I mean, it, it was their, it was their job, you know, it was their job. And I can guarantee you that for all of their differences, uh, I think they could probably put those aside and go, well, this is better than digging ditches or whatever, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, they were, you know, they were the Ramones, you know, like, yeah, get out there and play for an hour and then don't talk for another week. It is interesting yeah. that that's one of the more interesting things you find out. And it's also one of the things that Bowie takes and just explores the most. The, you know, this cross between we're a punk band, but we want to go, we want to, we want to go mainstream. We need Phil Spector to help right. us make us popular, but we're still punks. And it's, it's a job. It's, is it art? Is it a job? What's the difference? Are you compromising your art by running towards running towards uh, Phil Spector. Right. And then on the other hand, the whole point, I mean, they were never shy about, they wanted a commercial hit. Yeah. They wanted that. They wanted to do it on their own terms. On their like own kiss. terms. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. That's one of them. Uh, kiss sucks. <laughs> How many times did you see you the play? Are Kiss sucks. <laughs> Uh, I saw it the once. Okay. I saw it one time. Wow. One time was it. Remember now. those lines right off the no. top of your head? That's awesome. I do, actually. I remember that. Um, there's some part where Joey says, no, Johnny says something about how he want, they want to be big and make money. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do this to Foreigner or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't pull this shit with Foreigner. That's it. <laughs> That's a great yeah. line. Um, I, have, I have other trivial questions for you. Okay. Um, how... On a scale of one to ten, how good are your wigs? Oh, dude, you've seen them. We're we, we're using the wigs that the uh, the LA production used. Really? So I'll say a twelve. I was gonna say then those are pretty good wigs. Yeah. Let's give one ten. <laughs> Dope. Nope. Dope. Shot above it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that Johnny wig is really good. That, it really is, and that was and I was telling Lars, the guy that that's playing our Johnny, I was like, you know, dude, you should really consider doing this full time <laughs> what i mean qualify he, that man <laughs> i don't know I, I you know i mean qualify I, that for yourself and Lars. I, I don't know how to qualify <laughs> i'm telling the truth i like i look at him and then i see him with his regular hair and i'm like no that's not as good put the wig back on that's that's ouch for that regular hair yeah that's pretty rough <laughs> we'll take this moment to apologize to uh, Lars justice <laughs> publicly <laughs> for the comments well you mentioned that the theater you're, it's sort of a rock and roll theater of sorts. And you said you're doing Tommy, but what else, what else is there? Oh. What, what, are, what, are you, what are you looking to do with this type of thing? Well, I mean, I think for me, I've always been really interested in uh, sort of like the, the intersection of like rock concert and theater. And, and I like the idea of theater as rock concert, uh, okay. et cetera. Um, and, you know, this is a non-musical play, so it doesn't really, that doesn't really apply, but it's, it, it definitely deals in a lot of the themes and a lot of look and a lot of feel yeah. uh, of what we're doing. But there's, there's all kinds of, um, there's all kinds of shows. Um, you know, there's, 
there's a there's a whole lot of really interesting um, shows out there that that do that sort of thing. Like it's like I said, we we've, we've done Tommy by the Who. Uh, we did Rent, which you know you can roll your eyes out, but you know Rent. Rent there's music. Yeah, there's music. You know, it's uh, it's got they, some heart. Yeah, and they had like a live. Did they have a live band? I oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't do anything without a live band. I really? mean, yeah. And we're about to do. Um, in July, we're doing another regional premiere, uh, actually an Oklahoma premiere of a, a new rock opera. It's a, it's actually a metal rock opera about Lizzie Borden called Lizzie. And, okay. Um, yeah, it's just not thin Lizzie. No, it's not thin Lizzie. It's it's okay. uh, unfortunately it's not. I'm sure that's in the works. It's gotta be. It's gotta be right. Um, like the yeah, like they work the songs of Thin Lizzie into. The Lizzie board. Anyway, there's well, a show already there. I'm not going to yeah, derail it. We don't need a, We don't need a jukebox. Title. A jukebox <laughs> thing, Lizzie. Um, right. But no, Lizzie is uh, is. Uh, ooh, man, it's <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's blistering. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff out there. Um, and we can put our stink on old chestnuts like Little Shop of Horrors, which we did in June, July, June. Sure, sure, whatever. June. One of them. Um, but yeah, well, don't you find, I would imagine that you're kind of have to put out one of the, almost like one for them, one for you, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, for a sure. big title mm. that people recognize and then these smaller ones, maybe they don't. Correct. So then you can keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta do, you gotta do the things that you think will bring in, um, you know the more mainstream yeah yeah and then and then once you 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 do those then you can do you know some of the more left field things and some yeah. you know um so yeah for sure are there any i don't know touches that you're bringing to this to try to make it more theatrical or make it even more minimalist or anything like that to just put I don't know, an extra touch on top of it sure i mean it's uh <laughs> that's actually pretty funny cuz i we just sort of um, we, one of our cast members said something sort of as a joke and everybody in the room, like the, our ears went up and we were like, um, I think we're going to do that. I can't tell you what it is, but, okay. uh, it has to do with Phil Spector and it's pretty, it, it's pretty outrageous and, uh, but it's a memory, play. It, but yeah, it is. It's a, it, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. It is. It's a, it's a memory play. So um, it is minimalist for sure. There are no real set changes. Um, we're using a few TVs, um, you know, uh, and luckily Marky tells us where we are before every scene. Um, yeah. But it's it's pretty minimalist. It's not it's not heavy on props. Um, but yeah, there there are a couple of you know we're having fun with like the transitions in between the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, but like Denny said, yeah, it's it's a memory play. So. These are, you know, and, and he says right off the top, you know, some of it is total bullshit, but some of it is really true. Um, yeah. I mean, it's our, it's our job to make it interesting and engaging and fun and hopefully do something that is a little bit different from the original uh, production at the Bootleg Theater. Yeah, I um, like that. Thank you. Yeah. But we do, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not adding crazy production numbers or anything that's no. out of the universe of the play. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> we built this city. Jesus. <laughs> trying to think of the best song I could think of. Well, you picked the worst song. That and Kokomo. <laughs> that's it. Poor Kokomo. Yeah, well. So, 
when we originally were setting this up, we thought that we would have you guys on for a couple songs, but timing-wise, I don't think it's going to work out because by the time those songs would go out, the show would be over. Okay. But uh, the songs that you guys would have gotten assigned were, one of them was Questioningly. Yeah. And I get the feeling you have some thoughts about that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's it's one of those, it's one of those Ramones songs that is... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, and, and feel free mm -hmm. to edit so I don't look like a total idiot. Uh, <laughs> but it's not one of the more well-known Ramones songs. No. Okay. Well, not a, no, I guess not. I mean, none of them are super hits. This is true. But yeah, I don't think anybody would say, name the top 20 <laughs> on a greatest hits, and that <laughs> right. one would make it. I don't think that would... It wouldn't show up. But, no. you know, J Johnny uh, sort of... Uh, by the way, on swearing, are we allowed to do that? I mean, I guess yeah, it's... okay. All right. So, you know, Johnny says that, you know, uh, Danny says is like pussiest song they've ever written. Um, but then I listened to Questioningly <laughs> and it it just it starts off like it's, I don't know, like a like a uh, uh, I don't know, like an Eagles song. I or, think. Of, oh yeah. I, you took the word out of my mouth. OK. It sounds like an Eagles song. Yeah. Which it's yeah. which is is nice. I mean, the Eagles belong in the pantheon uh, as, as well. Um, but as far as far as questioning goes, it it certainly took me by surprise. Yeah, um, for sure. It's funny to think about those things and like what you said earlier about them trying to sort of stay true to their roots, but also basically sell out. Yeah, you know, they want to they want to make money, and it's hard coming at it from two thousand eighteen eyes of what punk is. Yeah that that mentality is not what it would become. Mm. But when they started, when all those guys, you know, Blondie and whoever started, I think I, we've read a, so many books about this band and now they're all blending together. But one of them said, I think it's the 33 and third book that they weren't really setting out to destroy culture. They were trying to replace it with something they thought was better. Mm. <laughs> so if that means we're going to do like our version of the Eagles, they're going to be okay with that in a way. And it seems like culturally everyone else was like, no, that you have to be really careful about what you do and, uh, and how, you know, how your attitude fits your image and stuff. And they, and the Ramones would kind of get there. But at this point, that's their fourth album in, and they're just they're just trying kind of anything that they sure. can do. Yeah, just something. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a weird one to throw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it almost fit in the era that you're dealing with. It's Marky's first album. Mm. It's just before uh, Phil Spector. Right. So it's like Spector light. Sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned... Danny says it seems like sort of a precursor in a way and in in maybe the tone and the sort of I don't know sad sack song yeah a little it's melancholy a little melancholy yeah oh, yeah for sure it is like a country song it is right I yeah mean, it's like whiskey bottles and nothing on tv and you're like huh yeah <laughs> who are these guys? You are who are, are these? The guys that sing about the lobotomy? Right. <laughs> this is the, these are the guys that just want to sniff some glue. Like that's okay. They only want to sniff glue. That's it. <laughs> right. Quick okay. question because we circled yep. around it. Favorite Ramon song? My favorite Ramon song? That that might be a big ask. You don't have to give I, one. I'm really glad to be asked these types of questions. 
I can't give one right now. Perfect. Um, but <laughs> I'm out of here. On, Click. <laughs> yeah, but I'll throw it back to you. Do you have any favorites that jump out? Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Really? Yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, it's. I don't know. I don't know uh, how to to pick one because they. They're all lovely, you know? They're, they all, <laughs> no, I'm serious. They all do exactly what they're supposed to do, you know? Yeah, right. um, I don't know. Like, um, I, I will say that I, I really like the way end of the century sounds. I mean, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's not, you know, it's not like. Uh, it's not Johnny's album. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, but I really like, I really like what they were trying to do. But I also just, you know, I also just like anything that's loud and fast. And it's, I'm glad you said that because the interesting thing about that album, I know that I kind of grapple with it, is that exact thing you said where, like, I think fans hear it and they're like, well, this doesn't sound like the Ramones. Right. It was like, true. But if you took it on its own merits yes. and yes. nothing else, then that's something else entirely. Absolutely. And you just, yeah, it, parts of it sound glorious yeah i i yeah that's exactly that's exactly right i mean it's it's it it ties together well it's got a you know it's 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 i think it's and you may you may need to to school me here but i think mm. it's one of the only ramones albums or that i've come up with that it's sort of you know you can listen to the whole thing and feel like you've you've listened to a piece you know mm. and the rest I feel like are 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 stocked and you know chock full of you know these perfect two minute you know sticks of dynamite right um, but that's one of the things and 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 I, maybe that's why it appeals to me because my favorite albums are concept albums and you know those highly pretentious things that you you push play and then an hour later you've gone somewhere sure. Um, it's, um, yeah, I disagree. No. Okay, uh, I see where you. I see where you're going. I think they do have a couple albums that kind of do that. Okay, maybe the first one. Okay, by virtue of being the first one, where it's just like, oh my god, it's this for a half hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Um, but that is almost like an experiment, in a way, and so I value the experiment. Yeah. But I see what you're saying that this one seems even more by design and almost by playing by some established rules of what that journey you're talking about is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that they're like, we want to kind of emulate the idea that goes into, I don't know, Ziggy Stardust or something else along those lines. Exactly. Not tell a story, but like kind of pull you through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not, not a story, not, nothing linear, nothing like that, but just a, a, a an experience. Yeah. So I wanted to thank you guys again for being on the show for this commercial. Mm. Um, and I wanted to remind everybody, Four Chords and a Gun, it opens in Tulsa at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center in the Charles E. Norman, right? Correct. Right? You got not, it. Not Charles Newman. No, no, no. No, no. Um, <laughs> and it's running from February 16th to February 25th. Um, Sundays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So that's like the perfect Valentine's gift. It is. It is. Yes. So buy somebody some tickets. Mm. <laughs> Please. And say that's where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a website that you want to plug for them? We do. It's 
TulsaProjectTheater.com, and it's theater with an R-E, because we're fancy. There you go. That's how you know. Yep. That's a telltale sign. <laughs> That's how you know. They do theater. <laughs> well, uh, again, Matthew and Denny, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck, and we'll see you at the show. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. Thank you for having us.